Fight Stories is brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD, premium 100% natural CBD oil and CBD oil products. Absolute Nature will help you with the pain and inflammation you get from rolling around on the ground, tussling. Go to www.absolutenaturecbd.com. Use the promo code GOONSQUAD, one word, G-O-O-N-S-Q-U-A-D, and you'll get an exclusive 20% off Fight Stories discount. You're listening to Fight Stories. All right, you bunch of goons. Welcome to Fight Stories. This is John Moses. Today's episode, Tyler's talking to UFC fighter Kyle the Monster Nelson. This is an interesting episode. His first fight, he was called up into the UFC three days before the match. So he goes through just a whirlwind of stuff in order to be able to fight, including making weight. I think he was, you know, 20 pounds overweight three days before the fight was to happen. Also, I mean, just the 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 discipline and dedication in order to be able to put yourself in that position to be able to earn that opportunity was uh, admirable to say the least so he ends up losing the fight that he has after this interview so he is now or was then 0 and 2 going into the fight he won Saturday night so I watched his post his post fight interview and he said listen I had to win this fight it was funny because seems like a pretty shy dude, you know, even in the interview. But after that UFC win, you could see the juice is flowing. You know, he's getting a little, uh, getting a little cocky. You know, <laughs> basically said, "Hey, man, you know, I'm, I want to fight again before the end of the year. You know, I got a seven day suspension to rest, so you know, I'm ready to go in another two weeks." Just a guy licking his chops for the opportunity. It's a good episode. You guys, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Feel free to reach out to uh, Kyle on Instagram and on Twitter. Anyway, a couple of housekeeping items before we get into the episode. Subscribe, share, do all that stuff. Spread the good word. Spread the gospel. This thing is uh, growing, but not fast enough. We need more, more, more fight stories, listeners. More fights. We need some. We need more wild card stories. Although this season, we've got some great wild cards coming up, man. I'm really pumped. We have a live episode of Fight Stories coming up in St. Louis with former NHL enforcers and, of course, St. Louis Blues, Darren Kimball and Cam Jansen. And we are getting we are getting a couple of other guys added onto the card. I don't want to uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. So uh, so that's big. So if you guys are in the St. Louis area and you want to be down, you want to get be a part of it, then uh, then reach out. Tickets will probably be available by the end of the week, but it is November 22nd in St. Louis. Be there, be square. All right, guys, let's get into the episode. Hey, you're listening to Fight Stories. This is your host, Tyler Morrison. My co-host, John Moses, couldn't be with us today, but uh, we're up in Muskoka, and we have a very awesome uh, episode uh, ready to roll. Uh, I'm really excited, actually. We have a a hometown hero. We're in Huntsville, Ontario, with uh, UFC fighter Kyle the Monster Nelson. He's here, and uh, we couldn't be uh, more thrilled to have you here, man. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. 
Yeah, yeah, it's great. We um, we just happened to linked up. You got a big fight coming up in uh, Ottawa for UFC. It's uh, on May fourth. This is obviously going to air after that, but uh, it's uh, it's great that we were able to to link up scheduling wise. And uh, I'm from Bracebridge, which is the town over, so two uh, small towns right in the in the uh, same area. You don't often run into uh, people in this in this region that no, there's not a lot of people that are you know trained professionally in uh, in the mixed martial arts world is there right now no no there's a few um yeah competing around here kind of amateur um but even at the professional level in mixed martial arts kind of in our area in ontario uh there isn't really anyone else and then as far as ufc i think canada wide there's like 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. ufc fighters so this uh yeah it's kind of a smaller sport and uh in Canada, but it's definitely growing. Oh, absolutely. And you, you kind of belong to an elite company by being in that, you know, 10, 15 guys that have, uh, you know, been to the big dance, as they say. And it, I think it's um, it's really a cool testament to the dedication that it takes to get there. I mean, because you see how it, it is very popular in Canada. The, the sport is huge in Canada. That's mm-hmm. why they're having pay-per-views in Ottawa and stuff like that. So to be one of the first, you know, 20 15 20 guys to get there that's going to be that's huge for you i think and coming from a small town right yeah yeah definitely i mean um there's uh obviously there's been other canadian fighters like george st pierre that have, have gone on there was uh you know kind of a pioneer in carlos newton one of the first yep. ufc champions so there has definitely been some successful canadians um Gary but, Goodridge, we had Gary yeah. on. He's he's awesome. He's just out of Barry, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's so cool. I think one thing that I that I want to talk to you about those it may be like not as much fight related, but just from uh, small town related. But you mm-hmm. you grew up here. Did you ever move away from here for a long period of time, or did you like you know what I mean? Did you stay here the for the majority? Yeah, basically when I turned nineteen, I moved to London, Ontario, and I trained at uh, Adrenaline there with Sam Stout and Mark Homick mm-hmm. and those guys. Uh, but I think that was only for about six six months or so, and then kind of ran out of money and came back home. So, uh, but yeah, I spent my my entire life in Huntsville. Um, I do travel a lot to Stony Creek and Hamilton to mm-hmm. um, to kind of get some higher level. Uh, mixed martial arts training but uh, you know I always come back here for three or four days of the week well that's great and like, see I'm yeah I grew up in Bracebridge I lived away for a little bit kind of established myself in, in my comedy career and then I moved back up here but I think it's like really cool um, for kids coming up in small towns to see people who are successful from up here to show you know it shows them that you don't have to be bound to your hometown like a lot of people in small towns you're like you know I can't do anything here well you can you know what I mean like you're fighting in the UFC like in I guess a week's time <laughs> this is it's it's crazy it's so cool for I think young people to have those role models in the community and and that you've proven that you can do that you know what I mean you can be here you just have to be willing to you know make those sacrifices to kind mm. of get there right yeah yeah no it's definitely I mean, just because you're from a small town, I mean, everything's still possible. It might take a little bit of extra work and mm-hmm. a little more dedication, but I mean, with enough hard work and dedication, you can do anything. Yeah, exactly. And so, so to so you this this week starts up crazy for you. So you you were saying off off the air, like you know, it's not a crazy training week, but it's just going to be a circus, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Tell our listeners what they can expect or what they would expect if they were, let's say, they're in your shoes going into a UFC pay-per-view the week of. What What's your week look like? Yeah, so, uh, so I start tomorrow. So I chose to drive to Ottawa. So they offered to fly me, but I was like, I'm close enough now. And if I drive, I can load my car up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to worry about check luggage and all that stuff. So yeah. I can load up my car with anything and everything I might need. But yeah, so I head out, drive out tomorrow to Ottawa. And then as soon as I get there, I have to check in with somebody from the UFC. Um, and then I do like a little interview with the ring announcer. So Bruce Buffer isn't going to be at this one. It's going to be a, a different gentleman. Will but it I be do... Michael Buffer? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I read the name on the itinerary, but I, I'm not sure who he is. Um but so I do an interview with him just so he gets my name and all that stuff nice. and all my information. And did, well, did Buffer do your last one? Yeah. How, yeah, so how Buffer, cool was that? Hearing was, Buffer announce your name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. It's, uh, you know, that. And then when Joe Rogan called my name when I was walking out to the ceremonial weigh in, you know, it's all, uh, all pretty surreal. And it's, it's exactly like you see it on TV, only you get to live through the moment. That's so cool. And imagine being in uh, the Buffer family household at dinner, yeah. hearing those two guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. The, the, I think the um, the experience, like, so your first, let's, let's go back, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to your, your first UFC appearance, which was just recently. Like, this is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of came out of the blue. There, there was a couple of guys... Um, that were in line for the fight and then they couldn't do it because of uh, I guess one was a, a injury and then one was a weight yeah and so then you get the call you at the time have a 12 and one record is that yeah what we're looking at so you've uh, you know assembled a pretty good uh, very good record uh, coming up the ladder and you're next on the rung and so they and so they give you the call what does it feel like to get that call did you did you expect it or was it like like right out of the blue. No, like we, when we, as soon as we heard the UFC was coming to Toronto, I kind of thought, you know, this is this is my chance. And now I'm I'm I was 27 years old. Um, you know, if the UFC is going to bring me in, it's going to be uh, Toronto because that's kind of the closest to mm-hmm. my hometown. Um, so I figured it was kind of like a now or never moment. Um, we did we took a fight in Romania, November 19th, I believe it was. So it yep. was it was a few weeks before. Uh, UFC Toronto but that way too I went through the full training camp and everything um, and then after that I just kept training uh, oh, with hopes of uh, UFC Toronto and then um, I think it was a week and a half out um, John McDessie who's a 155 pound fighter got hurt so I was like well this is you know well, this is it this should be it everything's <laughs> coming together and then um, so I, I contacted my coach and my manager and they so they were on the phones and stuff but then we got the message back they found someone else they decided to go with a guy named jesse ronson who i trained with a bit down okay. in uh, in the toronto area and uh so like, well that's i guess that's it so i you know i relaxed a little bit uh took a, a day or two off training uh ate some unhealthy food you know it's just disappointing uh, it's, it's, it's a, yeah because yeah. yeah you see that narrow window and it's just all those years of preparation and you see that you 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 personally saw that window and identified it and then it kind of it looked like it wasn't going to happen yeah yeah and and you know after ufc toronto i didn't know when the ufc be coming back to canada mm-hmm. and see so yeah, i kind of thought that was kind of my last uh last hope at least for a while um so yeah so I, I didn't i didn't go too too crazy but yeah i ate a little bit and stuff and then um and then it was i believe it was it was the tuesday evening 
I was doing a little bit of like a light bike ride, uh, stationary bike, and I was just scrolling through Facebook and I saw that um, Jesse Ronson got got pulled or got cut because he was too heavy. Did you start pedaling harder? Well, I, was, I got I got on the phone right away to uh, to my manager again. I said Jesse Ronson's out. It's uh, and the first thing he says, "Can you make weight?" The fight was yeah. at one fifty five, and I was walking a little heavy because um, you're eating McDonald's all week. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so I said, I was, "It doesn't matter what it is. I'll make the weight. I'll I'll find a way." Perfect. So uh, uh, he got a hold of Sean Shelby, and Sean Shelby was like, "Yeah, if you can be if you can be here tomorrow at the the UFC hotel there in um, uh, I think it was the Hilton or something in Toronto, mm-hmm. be here tomorrow. Hop on the scale because we need to know that you can make weight. They didn't want another scenario where somebody showed up." Um, and was too heavy to, to possibly make weight. Yeah, because that's already two guys that they've missed yeah. missed out on, so it kind of, yeah. Yeah, so I uh, so yeah. So what I did was I did a, I kept riding on the bike for a bit, and then I hopped off, threw on a sauna suit, started running around the gym because it was like 11, 11.30 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to make sure we got the weight down a little bit just to be sure that they're not going to be like, oh, you're too heavy to fight. So uh you know, I was able to, to sweat out a couple of pounds and stuff. And then we went there in the morning and everything was good. And uh, they said, okay, let's go. And then that's when, you know, that that circus uh, started, which was <laughs> kind of a, like a two-month process crammed into like two, three days. That's insanity. And so, when, when just, just for the weight thing, um, when you're fighting, you're typically fighting at 145. That was your, yeah. your natural weight class that you're yeah. fighting in at. But because you're training for that, you're just you're down there while you're training. But when you come off that, you gain that pretty quick, right? You came, yeah. gain it up. So you were, what would you have been when you got that call? Like what were you sitting at? Because 155 is the next class that you're going up, that yeah. you're stepping into. Yeah. So I was I was in the 170s. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to lose 15 pounds right now. I don't think I could lose it in <laughs> that yeah. sort of time. So it goes that it goes up that big. That's that's crazy yeah. how, how it fluctuates. I mean, mm-hmm. you see um, people when they, actors and stuff, when they lose the weight for the role, like Christian Bale, whatever, yeah. when he was in The Machinist, like how skinny he got. Imagine how fast he would have got back up to his weight if you're just for the listeners. Like, mm-hmm. so that that is an intense. I'm th- when I when I was reading up on uh, you know what happened there, I was thinking, you automatically in your mind you think, oh, he's got to go from 145 and get up yeah. and wait to to 155. No, you got to go down 15 yeah. pounds to get to that weight class, which is yeah, that's a whole other you know. Yeah, thing. yeah. For some of my fights, when I fought um, Olympic wrestler Ainsley Robinson, uh, I believe we were two or three. It was, I think it was two weeks out, and we were fighting at one forty-five, and I was still walking around a hundred and eighty-two pounds. That's crazy. So that was <laughs> that was one of the the biggest, most extreme cuts I made. And again, it was it. Um, I was in shape. It's just I wasn't. Um, I wasn't as disciplined with my diet. Yeah, and. Um, so I mean I made weight. I've never never missed weight, but um, but yeah, now we're definitely a lot smarter about it. Uh, working with the sport lab and stuff. So. If you lose weight like too fast, do you feel that it like affects you like uh, like mentally? Like it's like it's um, like almost like a dizzying thing. Like you're not yeah. as in in control of your adrenaline and that type of stuff. If- yeah, I mean it wears on on everything. Um, not not having food, not being fueled right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean even your vision. I mean it feels like you you can't see as well. Not you sharp. know, kind of. Yeah, it, it wears down on on everything. So it's 
So not for your fun. first UFC fight, you have to make a dramatic shift back down to 155, and then you only have a what like a week where you're in your first ever media type circus because Toronto mm-hmm. UFC is a big one. Like that was a that was a big one. So you you get into that, and you're a local. You know, you know, it's uh, in Canada. This that would be your closest. You know, big UFC city would be. Yeah. Would be Toronto, so that's like fighting in, in your home hometown, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get yeah. thrown into this. So you go down, and it's just like you know media events and the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I got there on the Wednesday, I think at eleven or something. So we did the wait. They said, "Okay, you're good to go." So then, then we're like, "Okay, now we're we're in. Now it's it's going." So then we get uh, stacks and stacks and stacks of. UFC contracts, Zufa contracts, Ontario Athletic Commission contracts, oh, yeah. um, and then medical stuff. And I already had my Ontario pro license uh, because we were hoping to get in on the UFC card. Mm-hmm. But the UFC wanted an extra MRI and MRA, okay. which in, in Canada here takes a, a good chunk of time to get. Yeah. So we rushed around everywhere Wednesday trying to find somewhere that would do it. And then finally, we're just like we're just, we're gonna run drive down to Buffalo. So yeah. we just we just I I can't remember. Yeah, it must have been Wednesday. We drove down to Buffalo, um, got there at like eight eight thirty. Uh, they stayed open an extra half hour for us. So Some we got black there. doctor in Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then we we rushed down, got all that done up, and came back. So that basically killed Wednesday as far as well everything. And then yeah, Thursday we started. Um, all the UFC photos and videos. Um, then you have to do an interview with the broadcast team. Plus, it's an extra travel day for you if you think about it. So you're coming down from Huntsville, which is you know three, three hours, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, yeah, to Toronto, and then you're going out to Buffalo from Toronto, and then back. Like that's a, yeah. like being in the car for a long time too. Like that's not you know doing yeah. yourself any favors. I and mean, obviously, you need to do it, but that's yeah the week of a fight that's yeah. yeah yeah still still trying to lose weight locked in the car for like 12 hours mm-hmm. um and then uh yeah then when we got back we had to get into the usada stuff so you saw it as the united states doping association or something like that um so what they do is is i have a, a app on my phone and it i put my whereabouts in so they need to know where i am all the okay. time so that they can randomly show up and drug test you. That's crazy. And then we had to go over all the supplements I've taken, like any type of protein or anything I've taken in the last year, um, all kinds of, and then figure out the rest of the rules as far as what's legal in competition, what's legal out of competition, um, stuff like that. And then, yeah, Thursday we get into all the videos and stuff, some interviews with the um, the broadcast team. And then we got to start the weight cut because we got to do some of the weight cut Thursday night and then the rest of the weight cut Friday morning to be at the weigh-in for nine. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and again, it was, it was, uh, I cut a bit of weight, a good chunk of weight, and then we made weight at nine. And then it's just, you're trying to rehydrate as fast as you can while also, um, doing, uh, whatever little media things and stuff. And then we have to go for the ceremonial weigh-in which was at like 4 or 6 p.m. or something at the, whatever the arena is down there now. Um, they just changed the name. But oh, the Scotiabank yeah. Center, is that what it is now? Yeah, and then it's kind of, then it's back to bed, try and get some sleep before before the fight day. So it was, uh, it was pretty jam-packed. Just a whirlwind. Just yeah. a whirlwind. And I mean, yeah. listen, you're 
you're still up here. That's not, <laughs> you know, mm. that's a, you know, yeah. the busiest day up here is the Santa Claus parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and my like, I couldn't even look at my phone because I was getting hundreds of texts and hundreds of uh, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, Twitter yeah. messages. And uh, I mean, it was all super supportive, but it was it was overwhelming because at first I was like, I want to answer everybody because everybody's supporting me and course. stuff. And then, and then, but then you get you know a couple hundred people asking you for tickets. Oh no and a couple shit! People they're like, oh, I watched this fight. You need to do this. You need to do that. And then it's you, you got know. some boys up here that are like your crew though. They're like your main like entourage that you roll with. Yeah, how pumped yeah. were those fucking guys? Yeah, they were. Well, and you know what they and they they understood too because they they're big UFC fans and yeah. stuff. So like he's probably going through a crazy amount of stuff right the, now. They so. just kind of hung. Hung they back just stayed a bit. back. I bet yeah. you they were partying their yeah. asses off in Toronto, though. Yeah, right? yeah. You're just <laughs> you're yeah. trying to lose weight, and those guys are just getting hammered down yeah. there. That would yeah. be a good time for them, I'm sure. They must mm. be super proud. That's high. Yeah. That's wicked. And so you go down there, your first fight. You're going up against this guy, and uh, you're doing pretty good. You're yeah, popping him a few times. Yeah, it was getting, going really well. And for the crowds, a crowds on on your side. You're in Canada, yeah. and uh, he goes down. And you call him back up, juicing the crowd a little bit. Yeah, tapping yeah. into your uh, your WrestleMania mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I was like, I read an interview with you about that, but uh, I want to ask you about. It. So you felt like your adrenaline kind of like you didn't have control of it there, like like or it was like. Uh, like you, you kind of ran out of gas, or like shortly after that. Is that what? Yeah. Happened? So yeah. So basically, I I think I was running off of adrenaline for those kind of three days because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't sleep much, um, and obviously I didn't eat much because I was trying to make weight and stuff. Um, so I think yeah, it was basically I was just running off adrenaline for for three days there, and then um, got in the ring again. Felt good. Was was moving good. I was fast. I was hitting hard. Again, I hurt him to the body land a lot of headshots i think i heard him to the head um and then yeah i kind of um knocked him down there a little bit and then he he didn't want to get back up he was just he wanted me to follow him to the ground and, but he had the he's a Brazil, brazilian jiu-jitsu uh yeah guy so that's maybe where he's more comfortable on the ground yeah he de- so. well i mean definitely with the way the stand-up was going for him i think he was he was ready to test that's- test the waters on the ground and i'm i'm very competent on the ground I, yes. I've, I've trained a lot of jiu-jitsu and wrestling um but I know, I mean, the stand-up was going so well for me. I thought, you know, I'll just keep it standing. No yeah, sense yeah. in going into his wheelhouse. Of course. Um, Especially when he wants you there. Yeah. Like, keep him uncomfortable. That's ring generalship. You're controlling yeah. the fight. And you know what? Because he, you just knocked his ass down. You know, him calling you to the ground, That's he doesn't get to fucking do that. That's no. you know, that's how no. I would think in a fight, too. So, exactly. I mean, I understand exactly where your um, you know, head was at in that move. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, and it's, it's kind of just... Uh, the way the cookie crumbled really in a fight yeah. like it ultimately um you probably would do that nine times out of ten again if you're in that same situation yeah. i'm guessing yeah just because so. of how you know your instincts as a fighter mm-hmm. and I, I think it, it it um is an interesting um thing to talk about is just like that's the almost the difference too between like really adrenaline is the the, the being able to control that is mm-hmm. such an important part of fighting um that separates guys like you from average dudes on the street, you know, you get into a bar fight, they're only fighting on adrenaline. They can't yeah. manage that. You know mm-hmm. that you're constantly managing that. And that's why you've been so successful is because you can manage that. So th- yeah. I think that's like a an interesting thing, um, just, a, just an interesting side topic. Just because, 
you know, you see every, you know, at any bar fight, those guys, that's all they're fighting on. But yeah. like you, that's why you can fight multi, like, you know, for a long period of time is because mm-hmm. you have control of that. So even in a split second, if you, you know, don't have control of that adrenaline for, uh, or I guess because you, you've been running on it for three days that you don't, yeah. that's the thing you're not prepared for. No. Now this time going in, you have proper training for, you know, long, you know, for, uh, for this fight. Mm-hmm. The, the the one coming up, you've known about this for for much longer. It's not that yeah. you didn't know, but you you kind of had an idea before. But now you mm-hmm. have like a proper camp, proper yeah. time. You know what to expect going into Ottawa. It's probably not going to be as crazy as Toronto, just because of the cities. Um, but you can you can prepare for that. You're not going to yeah. be in this world when you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. So next time around might be a little bit easier to manage that. I think. Yeah, and and like that was that was something I never experienced before. Um, you know, I I don't get too nervous. I'm pretty good at um, you know controlling everything that way. But it was uh, yeah, I think it was when I knocked him down and it kind of everything set in and I got comfortable. Yeah, and I was like, I'm meant to be here. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna knock this guy out. And once my body kind of relaxed, yeah, yeah, then it stopped. Was it your mind? It was your body that almost yeah. And then once that stopped, then like everything was just hollow. I could barely lift my arms up. I'm like, whoa, what happened? I, I just, at the moment, I thought, whoa, I just got extremely tired. But it happened like in a split second out of nowhere. I felt like 110%. I was beating him up. And then I dropped down to like 10%. I was like, holy smokes, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and I thought I was just tired. But yeah, I think just my body, everything was running on, on adrenaline. And then my body got comfortable. So it's like, oh, we're safe. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that fight or flight. My body yep. assumed, you know, I was safe. So it stopped the adrenaline. And then um, there was just kind of no, there's no second win to that. And how how much longer was left in the fight at that time? Like like if you were to go to the di- the whole distance in that, what how much time was left? Uh, it probably would have been like twelve minutes Holy left. Shit. I think. Like that's a long yeah. time to be feeling gassed out, right? Like, yeah. So like that's that's like it seems like an eternity mm-hmm. because it's just you know anyone that's been in like a a street fight or a hockey fight or those fights last they don't last that long you know no. what i mean so and you're gassed i know all you fucking drunks yeah. are gassed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> so to sit there and know you oh shit i'm getting tired and mm-hmm. i still got 12 minutes to go and you know your mind is i gotta make those 12 minutes it's yeah. not i want to lose you know like there's no quit there no. um that's got to be you know, I got to get to the, the the corner, get to make this round, mm-hmm. and get like refocused. Right, that's all you're yeah. thinking about. This is yeah. it goes in. You go into a survival mode, and this guy is a pretty good fighter. So, I mean, you're, I mean, you're in the UFC. You're fighting at the top competition. So that's that's an interesting situation to be in. I think. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. For me, it was just um, like once once he got up and we kept exchanging. Then uh, he was able to get a takedown again, I think, because I had slowed down so much. Mm-hmm. I had stuffed a lot of his takedowns. But once he got the takedown, then it was just kind of like, well, um, you know, I was pretty confident he wasn't going to be able to submit me. Yeah. Uh, again, he submitted some, a lot of UFC guys and stuff, and he's a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. But I'm very confident in my submission defense. So it was more about trying to not take too much damage from, from punches and elbows yeah. and kind of ride out the round. And then do that, have that one minute break in between rounds and hopefully catch that second win. Because again, I thought I was just, just tired. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll catch my second win again, just like a run or something. You know, I'll catch my second win and then I'll come back out strong again. But uh, yeah, unfortunately with that, with adrenaline dump, the adrenaline just never came back. 
Well, but I think I think you know even with with losing that fight there, you were in a still in an advantageous position because you put on a good fight. So mm-hmm. it's the entertainment factor, um, and the fact with UFC coming back into Canada that quick, you you know you took a fight on short like last minute notice. They're gonna go. Let's give him some time now because he you know you mm-hmm. showed to them and to yourself that you belong there. So that's the you know. This episode is brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD, premium 100% natural CBD oil and CBD oil products. Absolute Nature CBD is organic. There is no shit in there. No GMOs, preservatives, additives, any of that stuff. And it's made right here in the good old US of A. If you're already using a CBD or a CBD oil product, then uh, check out Absolute. You've had the rest. Now it's time for the best. They give a big discount for veterans and people with long-term disability, but for you, the Fight Stories listener, you get a 20% discount by pumping in the code Goon Squad. Just go to www.absolutenaturecbd.com and order your product today. So when you started fighting, when like you started, what age did you start like fighting? What was, you know, were you just, you're in Huntsville. It's a pretty tough town, really. Like, mm. There's a lot of scraps. My wife's a teacher in this town. Just, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of punk ass kids in Huntsville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a scrappy little town. Did you start like on the playground or was it just one of those things where you just liked the competition that you saw on, you know. TV or whatever. I mean, UFC was just kind of in its infancy when you were born, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it would have been, you were, you're born in 1991. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's, you know, early UFC is just kind of starting out when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it when you were a kid? No. So, uh, so I watched like Rocky and stuff yeah. when I was a kid. And then, so I wanted to be a boxer. And so I always worked out a little bit, you know, basically from when I saw that, you know, I would do push ups and stuff and sit ups and, and I always worked out, and then, you know, at school, I was always kind of a, one of the stronger guys. I was always super shy and quiet and stuff, but I was always always pretty strong. So uh, I, had, I had been in, um, like, one or two fights in school, uh, in, like, in public school, and not for, you know, hating hating anybody or, or not getting along. It was just, hey, that guy's, they'd say, hey, Kyle, you're pretty strong, and this guy's pretty test. strong. You guys should fight. And then I'm like, I don't want to say no. But <laughs> so, uh, couple, hey, just a couple yappy guys kind of set up the fight, and <laughs> yeah. then the two big guys go on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but it wasn't until I turned 14 and I, I got into high school, and then um, um, I was in like a drama class. I'm like, oh, what do you like and what do you do, blah, blah, blah. Because it was like you're getting to know each other, grade nine stuff, drama. So I had said I liked boxing. And, um, and I think it got misinterpreted as I was a boxer. Okay. And then I was like, well, well let's just go, just go out and do it. Just go find a boxing gym finally. And I was, I was 14. So, uh, we, I looked around in the phone book and the only thing I could find was Muskoka kickboxing, mm-hmm. which is right on kind of main street Bracebridge there. Yep. And, uh, and so they're I, still doing it. You're still doing yep. stuff with them. That's yep. great. Yeah. I still train with them when I'm in town. Um, and yeah, so now they did kickboxing and jujitsu and jujitsu is kind of the, the groundwork. So I started doing that and, um, it's, it's, it wasn't long after I started there, the first season of the ultimate fighter came out mm-hmm. and that was my first kind of experience with, uh, with the UFC and stuff. So I started watching that and I was like, well, that's basically what I'm doing now. I'm doing the, you know, the stand up with the kickboxing and stuff and I'm doing the groundwork with the jujitsu. So Maybe I'll give this a shot, and um, yeah, it's worked out so far. That's awesome, and I think it's it's cool that uh, for you to start when you start with Muskoka kickboxing, you you know you just go in there and think it's going to be a boxing or mm-hmm. you know 
or kickboxing or whatever, and to see that they had jujitsu as well. The fact that they had that covered back then yeah. was really cool because you know that gives you the leg up going into this. If you had you you may have just stayed in the one lane, but because mm-hmm. of that, you have the well-rounded uh, you know repertoire in your game that you can you know step into a UFC eventually, which is which is very cool. So I, I that was one of the questions I was going to ask. I was going to say, you know, at what point do you decide I need to start training in this other stuff? Well, it was already there, which is yeah. which is very cool and that's that's uh yeah, that's a big advantage going in. One one thing I noticed from watching some of your fights is just the, like the confidence of, in which you uh pursue your opponent. Like you're mm-hmm. going in at like you your guy likes to finish. Yeah. Like you know, if you your record you got the, you know, you finished finished like with knockouts or you know or like ended them with punches like four times Mm -hmm. and then uh and then submissions four other times so it's like that's a well-rounded game right there yeah and that's someone that wants to like end it it's you know you've gone to the judges but you don't like that obviously no one likes that but i mean i'm sure there's some guys that want to just hold on (laughs) yeah some some guys like to to play the game and play it safe and stuff and kind of ride it out and take a little damage um I found that when I when I fought Jonathan Brookins, who was the Ultimate Fighter winner mm-hmm. and a super experienced guy, fought all over the world. And yeah, as soon as I was able to hit him hard a couple of times in the first round, he kind of he kind of switched gears and he went from you know didn't want to be in the entertaining fight more. Just yeah, kind of survive and see mm-hmm. if I can eke out a victory. If mm-hmm. not, at least I'm not going to take a bunch of damage. I'm going to get a paycheck. Yeah, well, that's the one thing I thought was interesting with GSP is he could be that guy if he wanted to be, but he was mm-hmm. actually pretty offensive too like he was almost like a mathematical equation that guys could not solve he was a very tough rubik's cube but one of my favorite fights with his him was uh the cost check fight (laughs) he beat Mm. him with jabs yeah like like that was death by a thousand cuts yeah exactly but it it was hard to watch because it's just you know one after another he just kept popping and cost check's a great fighter so it was like you know to see a guy like that who he he can play that defensive game too Mm -hmm. but um but would and you would would you say he's one of your like you know main influences a GSP obviously is yeah. Canadian yeah so, definitely my favorite favorite fighter because he could do he could do it both I think and I think that's what you have is really good and and obviously uh, you know styles are going to make fights as well so mm-hmm. it's it's cool that you have that well rounded balance where you can you can handle a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighter or you can you know handle a stand up you know boxer. And I, th- I think that's uh, going to be very important going forward for you. I think that's great. Yeah, definitely getting into the UFC now, where where everybody's you know everyone's they're either, doing everything. Yeah, they're doing everything, and uh, there is still the odd guy you'll get like Damian Maya, where they're you know kind of a specialist in one aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously for me, hat being you know being able to do everything, I can take them into another aspect that they're mm-hmm. not so specialized in. But I'm at the point now where I think I can comp- compete with um, just about anyone in the UFC, uh, even at their strengths. What's the toughest strength to compete against? Wrestling? Someone who's really good at wrestling? Yeah, wrestling, um, because wrestlers, and I, my jiu-jitsu style was always more of a wrestling style. That's mm-hmm. why it's, my, I've transferred uh, so well to MMA. Some jiu-jitsu guys are a little more laid back and they're not so aggressive and stuff and it yeah. doesn't transfer well to MMA because there's punches and and different things um, but yeah wrestlers especially like uh, American wrestlers going through uh, like high school and stuff that it's not even necessarily just the the skill aspect of, of wrestling so but it's the conditioning 
It's the workout. It's the the mindset that they instill. They don't stop shooting. No. It's just a one, yeah. It's a constant barrage, and they wear people down. Yeah, and like their work ethic uh, gets gets pretty insane. Uh, again, just from like the high school and the college, um, like workouts and routines that they have, and then they compete so much throughout the year. So, it's I think it's more so the wrestling mentality that's uh, mm-hmm. that's um, the most challenging to compete against. But I think I have that same mentality. I just didn't grow up in an area that uh, allowed yeah. wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. So that's that's really cool. And um, I guess like when you so you're in Huntsville and you start training this stuff. People around high school they start hearing that you're training this stuff. Anyone mm-hmm. looking take a poke at you? Uh so I never ran into too many again. Um, <laughs> like people that angrily wanted to fight, but there was definitely a lot of people that wanted to test test the test waters. themselves, and and so we would we would get the big Walmart style boxing gloves, and we'd go up to the track or something. Yeah, and we'd have a do it all do, do, do it all with boxing. With the we would gloves. just we would just no, box. Yeah. That's good. I yeah. think I think that's interesting. How um, I think from like my generation, I'm about twelve years older than you. Um, my group of people, we didn't have. I don't know. There wasn't as many uh, lane ways to get into, like the you know the 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 professional side of it. Like to try yeah. to I don't not professional, but there'd be boxing or whatever, and then uh, people would uh, there'd be more street fights. I think yeah, <laughs> people would be yeah. be scrapping like that. But now there's like these avenues. I think for kids to go and like channel that that aggression and channel mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, that curiosity for fighting and testing each other. It's much more with the popularity of UFC and MMA. It's, uh, it's certainly taken away a lot of like, you know, a lot of the street stuff, I think. And yeah, there's, there's more opportunity for those kids to go that way. I think that that's really cool too, because I mean, we, yeah, we were fucking idiots back then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even when I was in high school, there was, there was some street fights, but when, if if me and and somebody would go and put the boxing gloves on at the soccer field or something, mm-hmm. then you would get two guys that really didn't like each other. And they that, would go. that maybe would have had a normal street fight. Well, now they're putting on you know fourteen ounce boxing gloves. Yeah. It's a lot safer, and we've got a big crowd around. There's set rules. If somebody gets knocked down, we stop. You know, it's so it's a lot more controlled and a lot safer mm-hmm. than. Um, kind of not letting them do anything because then it, it builds up, builds up, and then you know somebody. You know, then they go fight bare knuckle or somebody jumps somebody from behind or, exactly. you know, it kind of turns into to that scenario. Whereas, yeah, this gave them an outlet to, and mm-hmm. I mean, 90% of, 99% of people, uh, even in uh, some street fights, you know, after the fight, like, oh, you know, you got me. It was a good go. You're a tough guy, uh, you know, and they kind of, you know, they yeah. bury the hatchet. But, um, you know, if they don't have an avenue to do that, it's, you know, tensions build and, you know, I think it makes it a lot worse. Of course. And then I think the... Uh the um, other thing is uh, people people who are against MMA or UFC they don't realize that yeah this is now a legitimate path that it's it's more on the radar for kids to see you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it, it just because of, because of the popularity it's become way less you know bar brawler get into it it's guys yeah. get into it it's a discipline it's a sport they get into it at a young age kids are you know do a lot more kids are doing MMA or you know martial arts all that. And uh, it's something that they can shoot for that's legitimately sanctioned and and uh, properly uh, you know 
properly regulated. Whereas before you didn't have that outlet and I, you know, no. there, there was boxing and like, you know, karate and all that. And, and now, now it's, uh, there's, it's much more on the radar for people to, to actually train for, you know? So it's, it's yeah. not as it, people that want to demonize the sport. I think they're, they're totally missing the mark there because it's absolutely, yeah. you know, the safest way to channel that, those type of things. We're still, um, have that, that primal urge to fight yeah. and, and, be able to, you know, handle ourselves and protect ourselves and have, mm-hmm. you know, have that um, self-defense, you know, mechanism. And, yeah. and I think it's important. I think everyone should should know basic self-defense and basic combat. I think mm-hmm. it should, you know, it should be trained to our kids in, in, in a proper way and, 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 and regulated properly. I, th- I think that that's yeah. important. So people that want to demonize the sport are missing the mark completely. Those... Yeah, and there's well, I mean, there's great role models too, like like George Saint Pierre, who mm-hmm. who I mean, it doesn't matter really matter what kind of light you put him in. So I think classy. He's, he's, yeah, I think he's a great person and a polite. You know, he's he's friendly to everyone. Uh, you know, respects everyone. So I think um, you know role models like GSP. Hopefully, I can be a role model like that someday. Um, I think the UFC and mixed martial arts are starting to get a lot of that, like. A lot of everyone I meet is is a great sportsman too. Like there's great sportsmanship in in the UFC. So I mean I've seen you know some football and some some basketball and like they're not good sportsmen at all. They're I'd be know, horrible, man. I'd be riding around with a limo, <laughs> whipping beers out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be Ric Flair. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I mean. I think just the people don't understand the sport. I think they mm-hmm. believe that, uh, you know, we're trying to kill each other and we hate each other and, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, permanently injure each other. Um, it's not my goal going into the into the cage to, to cripple someone. No, or you want to finish the fight, you want to win, but it's all done, yeah. you know, with like a, a spirit of competition, yeah. which, is, which is important. Exactly. And after, you know, I'll help out my opponent and we'll, we go in the back, we hang out, we talk and... You know, it's there's no um, malevolence. Is it? Do you find? Um, I don't know, like what what kind of promos and stuff you were doing before, like the UFC. Do you do like you know video promos before? Like, was there ever anything where there was trash talk that went too far for you, or did, you know, or have you have you gone gone in on someone pretty good? Um, there's been there's been some some trash talk um, mainly over social media. Okay, um, and it would. You know, it's. I've had a lot of other fighters trash talk me. Um, you seem just so even keeled, like it's. Just yeah, <laughs> so I, I normally I never really bit bit on any of it. Um, even past opponents that I had beaten, they come back every now and then, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, I want a rematch," and blah blah blah. But um, there's been one or two um, opponents that I've got into it with on social media a little bit and and one was again it was more of a we're trying to build the build the fight and yeah build the hype so it was it was not, nothing real personal but you're just no. trying to to make you know get some juice going yeah get it interesting yeah and then uh, another one was um we were supposed to fight and then he backed out and then um another opportunity came up so i started talking on on facebook just to kind of get him to to bite and and come and sign the contract and fight me and went back and forth a little bit like that but um i mean it's just a little bit of extra energy that i don't i don't enjoy any of it so what i'm trying to say is i'm a real good trash talker if you ever need a jimmy the mouth (laughs) of the south heart in your corner with a megaphone you just give me a call buddy i got you awesome (laughs) awesome yeah yeah 
That's wicked. And uh, so the fight, uh, I, I, I promote it, but it's going to be, this is coming out after. But yeah, it's coming up next week. How many scraps do you think there's going to be in the Moose Delaney's parking lot? Oh, so hopefully there's none. Um, <laughs> they might yeah. be swimming, right? Is yeah. That, is it flooded right now? It's flooded right now. Um, so Crazy. I was talking to, to the owner, Dan. and um, Bring your sea dues. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So he was saying, uh, hopefully they'll be open. Um, if, the, if the flooding recedes, in time, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be able to have it open and, and everyone to be there. And hopefully, everybody will be rooting for me, so nobody of will course. be fighting each other. But uh, yeah, and it'd be great because Mussolini's has supported me for uh, the last bar. eight or eight or nine years. They've they've sponsored me and supported nice. me, and and yeah, any fight I have that's you know whether it can be streamed or televised, they always have it on there. So it's uh, oh, that's you know, awesome. it's a great great little community. See the um, if for the listeners right now where we live, it's there's like a major like flood uh, alert. Like it's been like a they had to bring the military into Bracebridge where I live to mm-hmm. to help with these these floods, and so it's it's a crazy time right now where we are. I mean, fortunately, uh, up on the high ground right now, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully the uh, you know none of these local businesses get hurt too bad, or you know hopefully they can uh, you know get some assistance and stuff. So it's yeah. I haven't been down there. I've been uh, in my golden palace, like Joel Austin. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh man, it's you see it on the news, and it's it's tough, man. So mm-hmm. it, this you know this town could use a big win next week, buddy. Yeah, you yeah, got him. Well, that's the plan. Well, listen, it's been an absolute uh, privilege to have you on, and I really appreciate you coming and doing this, uh, guys. Uh, check him out. It's uh, Kyle the Monster Nelson. If you want to tell him your uh, Instagram handles or Twitter, whatever they can follow you. Hit them up. It's, what's your, uh, just give them your handles there. Yeah, so on uh, on Facebook, it's just Kyle the Monster Nelson. Twitter, it's the underscore underscore monster. And Instagram is the monster 705 underscore UFC. Right on, guys. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, thank you to Kyle Nelson. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out at Fight Stories Pod on uh, Instagram and uh, at Fight Stories Podcast on Twitter. I think those are the handles. (laughs) This is uh, Tyler Morrison. And uh, check us out on Patreon.com slash Fight Stories for bonus uh, footage, bonus content. Uh, Be a part of it. You can get T-shirts, the works, man. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. That's been Fight Stories. (laughs) 